This is Ronald Coleman inviting you to radio's most dramatic half hour, Favorite Story. See what we have here. A doll. A doll in a pink silk dress. It's quite lovely. Rather like a miniature of a beautiful woman. The eyes are many depths of blue and the hair is golden. If you hold the doll up, it walks, setting one dainty foot ahead of the other. Like a young lady taking a walk down the boulevard on a spring morning. It talks, too. Just bend it a little, as if it were bowing... And it says, Mama, with just a bit of a French accent. Quite charming, really. And quite expensive, too. Now, the question is, why does this doll, this toy, sit at the moment on the desk of the most distinguished playwright in Paris? And why does he keep looking at it instead of concentrating on his play manuscript? Why does he keep looking at it with a scowl on his face, with annoyance, with affection? With a tear in his eye, with warmth, and with pain. Well, that's our story. The story of the doll in the pink silk dress. The popular radio personality who named this his favorite story played with me in the motion picture Champagne for Caesar. His name is Art Linkletter. Mr. Linkletter is, you might say, one of the nation's giveaway kings. Uh, we hasten to say that the only thing we are giving away on this radio program is a good story. And we're grateful to Art Linkletter for naming it his favorite. A notable cast of players headed by Betty Lou Gerson and Hal March now bring you The Doll in the Pink Silk Dress. Here's Act One. Doll, why, why do you sit there staring at me? How can I finish my play with you sitting there posed so ridiculously among my manuscripts? You're far too pretty for a toy. And you keep reminding me that women are strange beings. That one woman in particular. The one who begged for my help and then when she had all my interest, she... Oh, forget the doll. Here's the story just as it happened. It was in the days when all Paris flocked to see my plays and Paul de Varenne was a name to conjure with. Eh, fashions change. Today I am a little out of the running, perhaps. Younger men have shot forward. But in those days I was still supreme. I was master of the stage. It was a spring morning and I was lolling at my study window, scenting the lilac in the air. I suppose I was in a romantic mood. I remember Maximin, my secretary, came in. Uh, Monsieur uh, Mademoiselle Jean Laurent asks if she can see you. Who in the devil is Mademoiselle Jean Laurent? Uh, she is an actress, monsieur. She wants work. Tell her I'm very busy. I ask her to write. Oh, the lady has already written a thousand times. Jean Laurent has been one of the most constant contributors to our waste paper basket. Then tell her I'm sorry. There's nothing I can do for her. You'd think I have nothing better to do than to interview non-entities. 
When will people realize that writing takes work and time? It does not flow out of a man's ears. Uh, but, but, monsieur, this actress is... Uh, Pretty? Uh, yes, monsieur. And young? Uh, yes, monsieur. Well, maybe it's the lilac scent in the air. All right, I'll see her for a few minutes only. Send her in. Uh, yes, monsieur. Uh, will you step in here, please, Mademoiselle Laurent? Thank you. Monsieur de As you can see, I am quite busy. I can spare you only a moment, mademoiselle. It's most kind of you to spare me that. Well, be seated. Hmm. My secretary has very bad eyes. He said you were pretty. Oh? You were beautiful, mademoiselle. Thank you, monsieur. Monsieur, I have come to beg you to do something for me. I'm breaking my heart in the acting profession for want of a helping hand. Will you be generous and give me a chance? My dear Mademoiselle uh, Laurent, I, I sympathize with your difficulties and I thoroughly understand them, but I have no engagement to offer you. I, I am not a manager. You are de Varenne. A word from you would make me... You exaggerate my influence like every other artist that I can send to see. Hundreds have sat in that chair and cried that I could make them. It is all foolishness. Be reasonable. I cannot make anybody. You could cast me for a part in Paris. You are not a manager, but any manager will engage a woman that you recommend. Oh, monsieur, I know that hundreds appeal to you. I, I know that I'm only one of a crowd. But monsieur, monsieur, think what it means to Mademoiselle. me. Without help, I shall go on knocking at the stage doors of Paris and never get inside. I shall go on writing Paris managers and never get an answer. Monsieur, without help, I shall go on eating my heart out in the provinces until I'm old and tired and finished. I fully understand the difficulties of an actress's career... Perhaps when my play is ready, there may be a, a maid, a, a walk-on. I'm not applying for a maid, a walk-on, a humble part. What? I want a lead. You're mad. I sound so to you, monsieur. Absolutely mad. You complain that you're at the foot of the ladder, and in the same breath you stipulate that I shall lift you immediately to the top. Either you're a lunatic or you're an amateur. <laughs> That's it. I am an amateur. I should tell you what kind of amateur I am, Monsieur de Varenne. I was learning this business when I was six years old. Yes. Yes, I was playing parts on the road when happier children were playing games in nurseries. I was thrust on for a leave when I was a gawky girl of 15. And I had to wrestle with half a dozen rolls in a week. And I was beaten, I was beaten if I missed a single cue. I waited in the rain for hours at the doors of the milliners in Modiste. So that I could notice how great ladies stepped from their carriages, spoke to their footmen. And when I'd learned a lesson from their aristocratic tones, Monsieur, I was in heaven, even though my feet ached in the rain, soaked through my clothes. I played good women and bad women, beggars and queens, ingenues and hags. I was born and bred on the stage. I've suffered, I've starved on it. It's my life, it's my destiny. An amateur. Mademoiselle. You see, I'm not beautiful. I can be ugly, too. Don't you think that's important for an actress? You seem to have all the capabilities of a fine actress, but it will be necessary to see you actually perform in a situation before an audience, to see you move them or make them laugh. I shall recite to you right here. Name the role. Joan of Arc burning at the stake. Camille. Juliet. Portia, what will you have? I could listen and tell nothing. Uh, monsieur, pardon me, pardon me, monsieur. Your friend, the general, is here to see you. 
The general. My dear young lady, I'm afraid our interview must end here. My closest friend has come to call on me. Please, please let me stay until your visitor leaves. I must speak to you for just a few more minutes. Well, all right. Wait here in the next room. Thank you. Thank you, monsieur. Have the general come in. Would you come in, please, general? Thank you. Paul, it's good to see you. How are you, my dear fellow? Paul, I am here on business of the utmost urgency. Is anything wrong? Is it your son? Is it George? Yes, that is the urgent business. Here is a young man with good looks and brains and a future that is unlimited in the diplomatic service. But he is about to toss that future away. Well, what's wrong? Paul, George is infatuated with an actress. An actress? Yes, and that isn't all. The idiot wants to marry her. It will ruin his entire career. Well, have you reasoned with him? Of course. And you'll be amused at what he says. He claims that, unfortunately, the lady does not love him. Well, then there's no danger. I don't believe it for a minute. You may be sure her reluctance is policy. She thinks it wise to disguise her eagerness to hook him. All I can see to do at this point is to, is to arrange matters with her. I'd do it like a shot. At, at any price. Well, who is she? A nobody. He tells me she's quite obscure. I don't suppose you ever heard of her. But I thought you might make inquiries for me, that you might find out whether she is the sort of woman we could settle with. Well, I'll do all I can, my good friend. Is she here in Paris? Yes, right now she is. What's her name? Jean Laurent. Je... No. You know her? But she's there, in the next room. What? She just called on business. Good Lord. That's strange. It's a lucky coincidence. Uh, what's she like? Well, you've never seen her. Well, you will in a minute. She wants my help in her career. <laughs> this ought to save you some money, my friend. We'll have her in. Uh, uh, what will I say well, to leave her? Leave it to me. Uh, would you come in here, please, Mademoiselle? Yes. There's a call. I would like to present General de Lavardin. This is the father of Georges de Lavardin. Oh? How do you do? My dear young lady, a few minutes ago you begged me to help you. But you did not tell me that you aspired to a marriage that would compel you to leave the stage. You have been wasting my time. No, I have not. I have refused to marry George. Ask him. Yes, but you see him every day. If your refusal is sincere, why do you want him at your side? Because, monsieur, I am weak enough to miss him when he goes. You admit it, then. You are in love with him. No, monsieur, I am not. I'm in love with the stage. Then why don't you dismiss him from your life? Monsieur, listen to me. George is the only man I've ever known who realized that a, a struggling actress might have the soul of a gentlewoman. Why, before I met him, I'd never heard a man speak to me with courtesy, except on the stage. I'd never known a man to take my hand respectfully when he was not performing behind footlights. His friendship has been a gift from God. But it ends there, I swear to you. Then release him. Tell him not to visit you anymore. He does not visit me. He's never been inside my lodging. Then tell him that there are to be no more dinners, drives, bouquets. I do not let him squander money on me. I'm not that kind of woman. We do not accuse you, mademoiselle. We appeal to your good heart. Say goodbye to him. It is for his sake. You are asking me to suffer. You will act all the better. Every actress should suffer. Monsieur, I have served my apprenticeship to pain. Listen to me. A clever woman knows how to dismiss a man. Certainly you are a good enough actress to give him provocation for hating you. And why? Why should I do it? I will not do it. 
You demand too much. What have you done for me that I should sacrifice myself to please you? I ask your help. You give me empty phrases. You say that by and by, sometime in the vague future, you will remember that I, I exist. I won't do this for you. I'll keep my friend. Thank you. Listen, I promise that I shall attend your next performance. Absolutely. Yes? And then? Then, if I think well of it, you shall have a good part here in Paris. A lead? I cannot say that. A good part. Is it a promise? A promise. If I think well of your performance. Of my next? The very next part I play? Of the very next part you play. All you ask is that Georges de Lavatage shall no longer want me to be his wife. Is that it? That's it. All right. I agree. Good girl. Fine. Yes. Yes, I know what will repel him. We'll do it tonight. But you, you gentlemen, will have to make the opportunity for me. You will have to bring him to my place. Both of you. Tonight. At nine o'clock at my lodgings. He knows the address. Will you do it? Gladly. Then I bid you au revoir. Until tonight at nine. Do not be too aghast at what you see. For you shall see a great deal, my friend. Bringing you The Doll in the Pink Silk Dress by Leonard Merrick. The favorite story of the famous radio quizmaster Art Linkletter. Betty Lou Gerson plays the leading role in this special dramatization by Lawrence and Lee. Here's Act Two. Playwright sits at his desk and stares at a toy sitting among his manuscripts. A doll in a pink silk dress. You. Why do you remind me of that painful, wonderful, terrible, not-to-be-forgotten evening? When Jean Laurent left this room, I looked at the general. He looked at me. We were speechless. I don't know what to say, Paul. I'm a father, and I love my son. But I tell you, if things had been different, upon my soul, I should have been proud to call that girl my daughter-in-law. She has... I don't quite know how to describe it. Fire. Electricity. You noticed it, too. How could I help it? It filled the room. General, if that woman had thrown herself away on Georges, it might have been a national calamity. What do you mean? Oh, no slight to Georges. I, I think... Uh, I think... I'm afraid to say what I think. I'm afraid to think it. Only once, once in a blue moon, there is a woman born of a people with a gift that is a blessing and a curse. And her genius makes an epic. Her name makes theatrical history. And if a lover of the stage like me discovers such a woman and blazes her genius to the world, he feels like Cheops rearing the pyramids for immortality. You believe she is a genius, really? Maybe. Maybe I don't dare let myself believe it. For I've never seen blue moons. Perhaps. Who knows? Come, we shall go dine, and then visit her, and watch her fire burn once more as she tells George goodbye. But how in the devil will we ever get George to take us to her? Leave that to me. He will take us. (laughs) 
I'm sure you don't mind that your father has told me of your interest in this young actress, George. After all, we are old friends. Oh, not at all, monsieur. I want everyone to know how I feel about Jean. Oh, she is a rare girl. One finds such a girl only once in a lifetime. And I want you to know that I do not entirely agree with your father. What? I, too, am an artist, General. To me, social distinctions naturally seem less important than they do to your father. <clears throat> Besides, the military always overemphasizes rank. If they didn't, they'd have no military left. <laughs> they do it for self-protection. Really, Paul? Whose side are you on? <laughs> father, you certainly would forget such things if you could meet her. If she would accept me, every man who knew her character would think me fortunate. She has not had a great deal of education. She has no knowledge of society. Small talk, but she is intelligent and refined and good. You say, if we could meet her, why not? Take us to her. Present her to us. If she is, as you say, I will help you fight your battle against your father. But I, I wouldn't want to intrude on my Jean. I, I've never called at her lodgings. It would be very unconventional at this hour. It's almost nine. It's too late. Not among artists. I am of her profession. I write the plays that she may star in someday. My card will be sufficient passport, believe me. I, I, don't, I don't know. I... She is not what you're saying. Your father is right. No. It is a poor match. She is a, a nobody. She is beneath you. No. You would never dare say that if you could meet her. We'll go there this instant. I'll call a cat. You're amazing. He walked right into it. My friend... I am a dramatist. Plots in which the young hero falls into his own trap. My specialty. This seems to be the number, driver. Stop, please. There you are, driver. And please wait. George, it's an incredibly dilapidated house. This is probably the most unsavory neighborhood in Paris. That frightens me. Father, Mademoiselle Laurent has won no prize in her profession. And she is an honest girl. Well said. Well, find the place. We get a knife in our backs if we stand here in this dark street. Seems to be the basement. Down these steps. Oh, this is really in the gutter, my boy. More reason why she shines like a star. Well, go ahead, knock. Hmm? Yes? What do you want? We're looking for Mademoiselle Jean Laurent. And she's not here. Will she be returning shortly? Uh -huh. I suppose so. Who are you? There's some friends. May we come in and wait? Why not? Not often we have anything but bums around here. It'll be a pleasure to take a look at some respectable faces. Come on. Come on in, boys. Oh, dear. George, this is terrible. We've come this far. We may as well see it through. Well, what are you staring at? So dirty. No reason to clean up this dirt. Tomorrow it'll be dirtier still. And you don't turn away. Stick your nose in the ears if you never smelled anything bad before. What you're smelling is poverty and rot. Really? Yes, really. Sit down. Sit down, why don't you? Thank you. 
But looking at this hair of mine, matted and all, well, down here we don't have a lot of pearl handle combs, so I just let it mat. What's the matter? What's the matter, Grandpa? Do you used to have a nightmare that looked like me? My dear woman. Don't, my dear woman, me. You don't have to be polite in this neighborhood. Smart enough to know there's not very much deer left about me, you know. <laughs> not very much woman, either. Uh, will Mademoiselle Jean be returning soon? Well, uh, maybe yes, maybe no. Did she know you were coming? Huh? I think not. You, you, you speak of her so familiarly. Uh, are you the landlady here? Landlady? Landlady! <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. I'm Jean's mother. Mother? Oh, no. What's the matter with your fancy swells? You're afraid I'll touch you? You're afraid I'll get you dirty? Well, if you step down in the gutter, you get filth on your expensive boots. George, please, quickly, we must go. Oh, don't let me bother you, sweetheart. The girl's probably just walking the street. She'll be in any minute. Ah. Would you, would you like to hear some spicy stories? Uh, no, 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 please, madam, please. Georges, look. Look around you. You need any more proof? You must forget her. Look at this woman and see your friend 30 years from now. Certainly you do not wish to choose a bride from the dregs. What? What are you talking about? Hold on there. One of you, the toff that wants to marry my daughter, huh? That was a plant, was it? You've come here to spy and to laugh at us. Well, get out. Go on. Get out, the lot of you. I hate you. I hate all the likes of you. Go on. Madame, I... I, I, I care if I've queer the chance. is nothing but a selfish cat, that daughter of mine. i got nothing to thank her for. i got nothing to serve her right if you do give her a go-by. Go on. I don't blame you. Madame Laurent. Hmm? I have never admired, pitied, or loved John so much as now. Now that I know all these years she has been motherless. You? Love her? I will love her always. No matter what anyone says or does or is. George. George. George, it is I. It is I, Jean. Jean? You see, I, I rip off his wig. Oh. I smear off his makeup and his better performance. Jean. Uh, I told you she was the finest actress in the world. Oh, Jean. Jean Laurent, I shall make you a name like only Rachel had, like Sarah Bernhardt had, oh. but greater. You are the finest actress I have ever known. I shall write you a leading role immediately. We shall become famous together. No. No, no. What do you mean? I thought I loved the theater. But I love George more. Oh, forgive me. Forgive me, my darling. Oh, George. I've never seen so great a demonstration of love as yours here tonight. Forgive me for this ghastly masquerade. I did it for your sake, too, my darling. Why, what do you know? It took the whole neighborhood to, to cart all this dead in here. It was wrong. I'm ashamed. I, I want only to be your wife. Oh, my darling, my In all the world, there's no woman who would love you better. There's no longer room in my heart for anything but you. Oh, darling, darling, my darling. Come, Jean Oh, yours. It is time for us to, to make an exit. Yeah. This is 
She's a... She's a great actress. Yes. Of course, I never could approve the marriage. What do you think? Uh, out of the question, I have no sympathy with either of them. You fraud. Why, there's a tear running down your nose. Well, there are two tears running down yours. General should know better. And why has this doll in the pink silk dress recalled this story to me? Well, you see, tomorrow is the birthday of my godchild. And the name of my godchild's mother is Jeanne de Lavardin. Oh, I have nothing to say against her as a mother. The children idolize her. I, I admit that she has conquered the general and that Georges is the proudest husband in France. But when I think of the parts I could have written for her, of what the stage has lost, when I think that just to be divinely happy, the woman deliberately turned down worldwide fame, well, I can never forgive her for it. Never. The Darling. in the pink silk dress by Leonard Merritt, the favorite story of Art Linkletter. Tomorrow? Oh, love conquers all. Or, as the poet said, Ah, love, let us be true to one another. For the world, which seems to lie before us like a land of dreams, so various, so beautiful, so new, hath really neither joy, nor love, nor light, nor certitude, nor peace, nor help for pain. Our congratulations to the cast of this favorite story. To Betty Lou Gerson, Hal March, Will Wright, and Shepard Menken. As always, Claude Sweeten was our composer-conductor, and Lawrence and Lee dramatized and directed. I'll be back in a moment to tell you about next week's play. You have an invitation to Scotland next week, when favorite story presents the tender and heartwarming romance by James M. Barry, The Little Minister. So next week at this time, when the little minister struggles against falling in love with the gypsy girl, we hope you'll be listening.